hello everybody this is um trying out a podcast um this is uh, a wrestling podcast if by the title you may see that this is a wrestling podcast oh, and we talk about wrestling uh, and it's uh, this is a a pilot episode, a rough draft of what is to come in the next few months, uh, and the uh, rough draft name we have is Wrestling and Logic. Uh, that's the name we're going with for now, but it could end up changing because this isn't the final version. And I would like to introduce my co-host, uh, Josh Jenkins. Uh, could you say hello to the listeners? Definitely can. Hello. Uh, how are you, how are you doing this fine afternoon in uh, Cape Town? I'm I'm doing great. Oh, we're going to be reviewing AEW full gear. Uh, my co-host here hasn't really watched it, so I'm going to educate him as to what has happened um, so should we get going with this thing or what I think it's about time that we do <laughs> okay AEW full gear Saturday November 7th 2020 the buy-in you know there was some promos at the beginning of the show and the pre-show uh, it was like this promo with Jericho obviously I hate both of them ever since that stupid dinner debonair thing that we saw last month and they've been buried to me ever since and they was and Chris Jericho was like oh, the debonair is the best thing on pro wrestling I'm like shut up look and I fast forward to the uh, the buying match, um, which was Allison K, who I've heard good things about, uh, versus the NWA World Women's Champion Serena Deeb. I, th- I thought this was a, a very good match. Serena Deeb, I think, is the best uh, wrestler in AEW. I know. Uh, what about Kenny Omega? We'll get to him. He's good, but uh, we'll get to him. Uh, so like, I at the beginning of the match, I just on the presentation of the match, I was like, why isn't this on the main card? If this was on the main card, this is, would have been one of the best matches on the whole card. But so they've so since you haven't watched i'm gonna try to educate you as to what happened so at the beginning they did have some lockups and some scientific wrestling mat wrestling which i love it's not too fast not too slow just average pace uh, people aren't jumping off of top ropes and stuff like and then I wrote down Serena Deeb I think is the best wrestler in AEW, uh, male or female. And they had some 
back and forth slaps uh, uh, early in the match, and then um, Al Anderson K didn't really get to shine that much in the match because uh, Serena D dominated most of this match. Uh, she did uh, do some nice moves, um, like a spine bust, spine buster, and uh, power bombs, but. Still, Deeb was dominant during this match, and she really showed how good she is. I think if they give her enough exposure, she could get over like crazy. And and then uh, close to the end of the match, I like how the technical scientific wrestling was going on. I like speaking. Of Technical scientific women's wrestling. Why isn't Diana Perazzo in AEW? Like I don't understand. How can you drop the ball? How can you sleep on someone like that? Uh, she's. They actually took the Impact Girls belt off of her, which I thought was stupid because that was the first time I'd seen Diana in Impact. Uh, but anyway, back to the match, uh, and D1, I thought this was good, uh, not too fast, not too slow, it did pick up towards the end, and then the post-match angle, uh, Thunder Rosa came back, and we saw the report that she was not done with AEW just yet. And it looks like they're going to have a rematch. And I love the first time. The first time was so good. Because both of them are great wrestlers. Especially Thunder Rosa. And. You know. This is how women's wrestling in AEW should be presented. Like. Based on that recap. Josh. What do you think about this? I. I think that it's that it sounds to me like a match I need to go out and see. Yeah, it, it's a good cold opening match. Uh, this would have really gotten over if it was on the main card, but yeah, unfortunately that's not the case. It's not on the main card. And now we're going on to the main show. The opening package, the opening video package, it was like this epic announcer voice. They're like, will, uh, will Darby Allen capture the TNT championship and become the face of TNT? Will uh, Kenny Omega beat Hangman Page to advance in the world title tournament to face John Moxley or Eddie Kingston. Will Moxley survive the I Quit match? Stuff like that. It was a very good presentation. Nice uh, background music. I, uh, and I wrote that I'll admit that was a good opening package. And now we're going to Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. I I like the introduction that Justin Roberts does, but what the hell with the dancing broom girls? Like 
there were two girls uh, on the stage dancing with brooms as Kenny came in and I thought you what then I wrote these dancing broom girls are goofy as all hell and Omega uh, it finally stopped and Kenny came out and I wrote mm, this theme song is is quite good. I, I actually had it on repeat one time earlier this year because it, it was so good. And then Paige comes out and he's got a nice entrance and stuff but the, the captions, you know those captions that they have above the uh, graphic that shows their name and their record? I'd yes, forgotten. yes. I'd forgotten what it said, but it, it was something goofy, like, like Yeehaw Man or something. It, like, they can't be serious with Paige and his captions. It, why, if they're so serious with everybody else, why can't they be serious with Paige? And that was just a pet peeve of mine. Then the match starts, and Omega is going pretty quick, but a little too quick for my liking. Uh, like, he goes uh, very fast around the ring. Un he He's quick, but he's too fast. He's not like Sasha Banks, just quick around the ring. Uh, like... He's like jumping everywhere and he's excited. I get that he wants to give us a five-star match like he used to in New Japan. I actually thought this was somewhat a good match. Both guys did well. Uh, so Omega was beating on Paige. Uh, Paige made a comeback. And... Um, uh, and then uh, in the match, I wrote down that, the, the, by the way, Don Callis was on commentary, executive vice president for Impact. And I was like, wow, the EVP of Impact this year, that could mean very good things. That now they, they have New Japan, they have NWA, now they have Impact. Imagine they get Ring of Honor. There's so many guys on there that I want to see in AEW. Maybe we could see uh, some good Impact guys to come in and uh, be in AEW. And I wrote down that Don Callis, the EVP, he's a great commentator. I think he should replace Excalibur because Excalibur just sounds like a nerd who... You know, it's just like a mark in his basement. That's what Excalibur sounds like. I, I, I can't stand him. So anyway, uh, they go up top rope already. And they just do a soup, big superplex. And they don't even... I forgot who did it. If it was Paige or uh, Omega. I think it may have been Omega. And then they superplex each other, and one of them got two count. Uh, it's like, why? Why are they going on the top rope already? Like, nobody's popping, nobody's going crazy, so I don't see why they're doing it. They didn't even get a pop out of the crowd that was there from that superplex. So, 
I was then they went out to the floor and like are you kidding me they're already fighting on the floor like and then I wrote if I was Tony Khan TK I wrote short I would find each of these guys uh, maybe like ten thousand dollars because they're being paid a crap ton each time they go out and fight on the floor because it's stupid and it's meaningless and then but but no, Kenny did this nice moonsault off the barricade of the um he shoved Paige in there and Paige tried to give him a receipt and throw him into the barricade but he counted and did a moonsault which I thought was cool okay that was nice though. And then they get back in the ring and Omega's making like faces like like a psychopath like, like all these weird faces <laughs> and I was thinking about what Jim Cornette on his podcast what he's gonna say about this match and how Kenny's making all kinds of faces and I, I was just laughing and thinking what he's going to say about this. So anyway, uh, they, uh, they're back in the ring, they're fighting, and uh, Paige did this really good, this really good looking jumping clothesline. So he, they were on, Omega was on the apron, and um, uh, Paige was next to the top turnbuckles and then he ran uh, jumped on the turnbuckles turned around and gave Omega a big uh, jumping clothesline I thought that was cool that was really cool and then uh, like Omega does this big dive I'm not sure what he does he does his pose before he dives then he did this big plancha onto Paige these dives are all the same they yet they all have different names they're stupid anyway so but it looked alright uh, then they get back in the ring and they're on the ramp and Omega gets a V-trigger on Paige and then Paige gives him a pop-up powerbomb on the ramp and then he gets back in the ring and gives Kenny another powerbomb this time a sit-up powerbomb and then they do these goofy phony back and forth punches that you, you wouldn't be able to believe and it looks stupid and then Kenny was it was it he is I wrote Omega then Kenny does this uh, nice looking Tiger Driver 98 uh, Paige makes a comeback and he gets a dead eye for two count Kenny get hits a knee on Paige. Uh, Kenny gives him a V trigger twice, and then he hit one win and get Angel, and he won. And I wrote this. This was a good match. I wrote this was okay, but you know, thinking back, it was actually a 
quite a good match. Maybe the best match on the show. I have to admit, even though I don't like Kenny Omega that much as a person. Uh, Orange Cassidy vs. John number 4 Silver. You know, this would have been a nice cold match to open the show. It was okay for what it was. It wasn't egregiously stupid. Because I don't really care about Orange Cassidy or John Silver. Like, Silver, he's funny as hell on on BT when Brody Lee is shouting at him. And he's like, and he's jumping. But he's so small and goofy, you can't take him seriously. He's not bad in the ring either. But... It's two job guys going at it. it would have been a good cold match to open the show instead of Omega and Page. That match should have been closer to the end. Uh, oh, by the way, I didn't ask you what you thought about Omega vs. Page. Uh, what did you think about that now that I've told you? <laughs> it's okay. Um, well, uh, based off the description that that you basically gave me um it sounds like another match that i need to see from this show yeah um, I, I think you do need to see it continue um i'm not sure if uh yeah um K kenny winning i think is the right choice for the uh, long term and uh, well basically I don't really have much to say since I haven't actually seen it for, for myself but uh, it does sound like a match from an in-ring standpoint that I need to see off this show yes. oh, oh, oh and in regards to the entrances because you mentioned it earlier um I don't I don't appreciate um, Kenny Omega being a uh, mostly heel now and him having these women dancing for him on the stage with um, boom. boom yeah like that doesn't make sense to me so I thought it was stupid. It looks so bad. I hated it. So, so uh, going back to Orange Cassidy and John Silver, it, it, I've said this quite a few times now. This would have been a good match to open the show. This should have opened the match, but it was a good match. It wasn't bad, but still, I can't take these guys seriously. And uh, I think Orange Cassidy is where you should be uh, in terms of in the card with job guys. Anyway, the team, uh, what do you think of that match? Um, well, I, look, um, if I was um, the one... Uh, putting the match card together, right? 
I would put this on the pre-show and then put the NWA women's match basically here. Like I would switch these two around. Yeah, it was originally on the pre-show, but then they move it to the main show because the marks want to see Orange Cassidy. Um, well, I I don't really. Uh, I didn't really see any comedy spots. Uh, maybe that's why it wasn't that bad. Uh, oh, well. F fair enough, It was mostly serious uh, in the duration of the match, so that was fine for what it was. Uh, anyways, the TNT Championship match with Cody Rhodes, uh, champion versus Darby Allen. I... I watched this match when it was live because uh, I couldn't sleep in the earlier this morning. Uh, I thought it was a very good match, and uh, at first I was skeptical about Darby winning the TNT title, but now that I look at it, it's been a long time coming since since he's uh, wrestled Cody and lost every time. It's about time that he gave Cody Rhodes his receipt, you know? Uh, yeah. It was a very good match, and, and Darby won, and now he's the champion. Uh, ah. During the match, uh, uh, close to the beginning, <laughs> Cody got cocky after he got a two count on Darby and he started doing push-ups and then Arn was saying, hey, 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 what are you doing? Get serious. And then I, 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 that cracked me up. It was quite funny <laughs> to see Arn uh, screaming at Cody uh, to, for punching around like that. Um, but anyway, it was a good match. I think that's another match you should go and look at uh, if, when you have time. I, I don't really have a description of this match, so you'll have to look at it yourself. But I think you'll like it. Um, yeah. Anyway, the AEW Women's World Championship match with Nala Rose alongside... Vicky Guerrero versus Hikaru Shida, the champion. At the top of the match, I, I wrote, uh, Shida has had such an abysmal title reign. It's not her fault, though. It's just Kenny Omega that couldn't book himself out of paper bag. And if he can't even do that, how is he going to book an entire women's division? And I... And the match was, it was alright, it was just slow, and at snail's pace, and even worse, Sheeta won, she beat Nala Rose, I'm like, what the hell, she should have beat him, just give her the title, because she's the only one worthy of holding it, and it's sad, because those are the only two legitimate women in that division except for Chris Statlander who's hurt and isn't coming back for a while and I wrote that 
this women's division is just as bad, if not worse, than the WWE's women's division. And and I said that TK, Tony Khan, needs to find some more women like Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb and Allison Kate to add to his division so maybe he can make it better. And make it better than the WWE. <laughs> Because that's what they ultimately what they're trying to do be better than the WWE. Uh, and I wrote, oh, screw this match because uh, it accomplished really nothing. It uh, buried Nile Rose again. Not, and this isn't a knock on on Ashida. She's all right. Uh, she's a little too indie for my taste, but. It was an okay match. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? I. Well, I don't really have much interest <laughs> in the AEW women's division. Uh, like at all um, they've continued to treat them like the like the least important aspect of their entire company since they started out last year like they've never really given them any time to uh, to prosper so to speak like they've never given them the uh, care in terms of the correct booking and also in terms of um, how the matches should flow um, together because they've because I don't know uh, the the in-ring perspective of their matches aren't always on par with how they should be Um, and also like the booking of it isn't isn't um, there like most of the time because uh, every time I tune into an episode of Dynamite well, well, well I mean when I used to on the uh, weekly basis like the women uh, and I don't I, I, I don't mean to sound um, in defeat here about this but every time I used to um, watch weekly the women were the part of the show that I just wanted to uh, turn off because it's obvious to me that AEW doesn't give a shit about them so why should I the viewer give a shit about them mm, and we're not really being sexist when we say this women's division bad nor are we being right. sexist when we're talking about how bad the WWE's women's division is is just that we want it to be better than it is and like you said if they don't care then why should we uh, anyway like that was that uh, and also uh, I don't mean to I don't mean to uh, cut you off there but um, I just want to point out that the last time 
prior to this match on this on this pay-per-view here that um, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen had a match together was on April 29th of this year in the semi-finals of the AEW TNT title tournament. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, I think I may have seen that match. Wasn't that the one where uh, where Darby made uh, Cody accidentally hit his wife, Brandy? It very well could have been. <laughs> I think that's the one. Anyway, the AEW World Tag Team Championship match with FTR, the champions, well, the former champions versus the Young Bucks, the new champions. At the beginning, it was like nice and slow. FTR kept the Bucks on the ground, and it was, it was like, okay, this match might not be as bad as I thought, uh, but then. Then the Young Bucks took over, and then it started becoming another one of these indie-level, indie-style, 200 kilometers per hour matches that they always like to have, and uh, it took me out. And I I really hate it. I really hate this style of wrestling. I don't like uh, the indie style of wrestling. This is worldwide national television. And they need to uh, um, treat it as that and and not the indies. So they need to scrap this indie mindset. And we talked about this yesterday uh, before this review. uh, Like, it's crazy. it's I don't know people are saying it they've only been in operation for like a year there's room to get better but if if I don't know if that's a valid um, defense of this uh, it's not it's it's not because they should have um, had the mindset of what they wanted this company to be on day one. They should have executed this mindset since day one. But they don't have a mindset of what they want their company to be because they are following along with what um, the wrestlers have. And also what the wrestlers themselves have always known um, themselves to be because they haven't been um, given a chance to learn any uh, any other way because for example here um, if you go to WWE right and you're a talent from let's say um, Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor right you're not going to wrestle that same style that you've known for most of your career. No, you're going to now learn the way WWE does things. And that's how AEW should really um, run their company. Right? You have the AEW style, but AEW doesn't have their own style because they're doing what... Because, well, I mean, they do, but it's... 
but it's a mixture of every other style that exists. Like, they, they don't have their own definition, uh, like, to that company. And it's very annoying to me. Like, they need to have their own set style put in place. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it, it, it culminated into another one of these garbage indie matches that they like to have. And I wrote about this match too. And I wrote that this tag team division is so bad and the build to this specific match has been terrible. Uh, bad promos, especially by the Young Bucks. Bad acting. Just this thing has not been good at all. Uh, like on the tag team division being so bad it, it's not as they don't have it as bad as the WWE does they at least have more tag teams than the WWE does they don't have too many tag team <laughs> championships <laughs> like the WWE does uh, but they have so yeah. many goofball tag teams like the best friends um uh people like them uh, that get so much TV time and they now have go away heat with people like me and you uh, uh, maybe not so much you as you haven't been watching lately but uh, they've really been getting go home heat with me like uh, like a few months ago, they had this angle where uh, the Santana and Ortiz, who I think is a very good tag team, uh, they attacked um, Trent uh, of the Best Friends, his mother's minivan. And then uh, they, they made him look like a complete goof because uh, they know he's got potential to be someone you can take seriously. They don't want you to take him seriously. So that's why they did this angle too with his mother. Like I understand that you want to give the evil people a receipt for defacing your mother's possession but don't do it on worldwide television because you're embarrassing yourself like my gosh and they've been getting so much te uh, TV time now that Miro is here and he's with Kip Sabian and Pen Penelope Ford we'll talk more about him later uh, um, it's like it's so goofy we can't take him seriously and uh, it's been, he hasn't been any good uh, in his AEW run, but we'll talk about him later after this review. Uh, so anyway, the, you know, maybe it doesn't suck as bad. Uh, just And John Silva and Alex Reynolds, those two goofs, I don't like them either. Uh, like if they... And the Bucks, uh, I don't like them. Uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, they weren't very good as a tag team. I didn't like them at all. And the angle that they were doing. 
uh, leading up to the breakup. Uh, uh, yeah, if, if there weren't so, if there weren't so many goofball tag teams, this tag team division would be great, and I would really okay. enjoy what they have to offer. Well, in terms of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, I mean they were two si- they were two single stars who were um, put together to form a tag team. Like tag teams, to me, don't really usually work the way they're supposed to when they're two single stars first. Yes, and you know? that's something I really dis I really hate it, especially when the WWE does it like they're now doing it with is it what is it Daniel Bryan's uh, Kevin Owens Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens like why they're two single stars they should be they shouldn't be a tag team they should be on their own individually to be fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. And Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, I think, is very talented and has potential to get over as a sympathetic underdog main event babyface. Like, Jericho almost got him over when he did that 10-minute challenge in December last year. I really loved that. That was great. So, I... I, I really wanted Jungle Boy to be a single star and Luchasaurus as well. There, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, I haven't liked their tag team matches at all, especially Luchasaurus. Like, he's so caught up with being his big guy doing things that small guys had can do that i feel like everybody else has been doing that like keith lee kevin owens people like that and when people actually wrestle like big guys it's refreshing and a breath of fresh air anyway that's my what i think of this tag team division there are some really good tag teams private party Butcher and the Blade, I've heard good things about them, FTR, not even they have been able to save this division, uh, there are good tag teams, Santana and Ortiz, but there are, at the same time, there are a lot of goofballs in this tag teams division. Um. The tag division is the, the main selling point of AEW as a company because when they first formed as a company back in uh, uh, January of 2019, you know, and they came out with that press conference soon after, like they promoted this company as being primarily a tag team wrestling company like they're going to put tag team wrestling first and yet we are now in November 2020 and I and they haven't really made me uh, care as much as I want to about tag team wrestling within this company Um, 
Now that could be based off the ranking system, which I think is fucking bullshit, by the way. <laughs> uh, it could be based off the uh, storylines that they put on. It could be based off the in-ring wrestling, because it didn't always hit the marker. Um, it, you know, it, it, it could be a factor of things, but tag team wrestling isn't exactly at the high point that AEW is wanting it to be, as they keep promote as they keep um, promo- promoting it as being. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara Elite Deletion match. I hated this. I really did hate this. This was... It was entertaining, but at the same time, it was goofy. They were doing so much supernatural stuff that you can't believe. Like, uh, they had uh, Hurricane Helms there. He kept changing from uh, a hurricane to uh, this random guy and they were uh, trying to be funny private party was there santana and ortiz were there if if those if santana and ortiz were gonna and private party were gonna be there why didn't they make this a three-on-three match someone in the discord actually said that let me find his name uh What's his name? Uh, I... I haven't, uh... I haven't had... Sorry, yeah. His name is Tankers. He suggested that... Why didn't they just make this a three-on-three if they're gonna have Private Party and Private Powerful be involved there? And I said, exactly. Why didn't they do that? Nothing made sense. It was all over the place. They even had fireworks shooting each other's fireworks. What is this? Call of Duty? At the beginning, I was like, they were fighting in the woods. And I was like, uh, this looks like a match out of WWE 2K20, the video game. And then when they were shooting each other with fireworks, and I was like, what is this? Call of Duty or something? It's like, Man, this this match is terrible. I said this was the worst match on the card, but it wasn't as bad as Lay Dinner Debonair. Could have been much, much worse. Anyway, screw that match. A little bit, something a little bit more positive. Something I actually liked on this pay-per-view. The Lance, uh, the Lance Archer promo. This was a good promo, not only from Jake, but uh, Lance. He cut a very good promo. How he's gonna come for the AEW Championship? He's gonna beat everyone up. And this big, bad, scary monster that destroys people. I, I really like Lance Archer. He, He's way better than Braun Strowman ever was or ever will be. Because, like, 
you can't believe him as being a monster. He's just a big guy that, by the way, who couldn't wrestle his way out of paper bag. I liked him at first when I first started watching wrestling, which was July, August last year. I was still uneducated back then, but now I've seen, wow, it, this guy isn't really as good as I I thought he was. But like, anyway, Lance Archer, he destroys people, and he's scary, and you wouldn't want to find yourself in front of this guy. Like, man, I love it. And he throws people everywhere. It makes carnage. I, I really, really like it. And he, and I didn't think he could cut such a good promo. So that was another positive point of the pay-per-view. It's a very mediocre pay-per-view. MJF versus Chris Jericho. If MJF wins, he goes to the inner circle, joins the inner circle, whatever. Or he's initiated into the group. Um, I didn't I didn't care for this match at all. I didn't I don't care how good it was. I don't care how good MJF or Jericho is, they're both buried to me. Especially Jericho. He's plummeted into obscurity this year ever since he lost the AEW championship. It's like fuck this match and then I don't wanna see this. And then uh, Dustin Rhodes, I really like when Dustin Rhodes comes on the mic. He cuts like really good old school promos. I wish he was more on top. Of, like I wish he was presented as a more uh, main event singles guy. He could maybe I could see him being a TNT champion. And maybe one of these days being the world heavyweight champion. Um, if they uh, get it together and present him properly. And a QT Marshall isn't that bad either. I think he should be um, a good mid-card guy. Uh, lower mid-card guy. Uh, maybe they could... Give him a TNT championship match and he could have a good scientific wrestling match with Cody or Darby Allen or one of these guys. Great promo by Dustin. Nice and old school. And then we get to the main event. I'm really conflicted on this one. AEW World championship match with Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley the champion and they're both very good in the ring I, I like their strikes and their brawler style and then they have and then they start bringing chairs and barbed wire and barbed wire baseball bats thumbtacks it's just gonna get crazy as you all uh, get a picture of in your head I, I, I don't know whether to say if it was good or bad or 
really good or really bad. I'm really conflicted on what to think about this. But anyway, uh, they they're both very good in the ring. I really like to see them have a normal uh, wrestling match inside the ring. No going outside. Maybe. Nah, nah never mind. Did crazy. I said Marx is Moxley is going to die one of these days. That's just what I think. It's gonna happen to him if he keeps having these death matches, hardcore garbage matches, hitting people with all kinds of stuff. And so, like, Moxley is hitting Eddie Kingston with a, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. It's like, oh my gosh, these guys are crazy. Like, and then Eddie Kingston takes a a little a, a, a strap string of barbed wire and wraps it around his hand, and he's hurting. Ah! And then he he punches him with his fist wrapped in barbed wire. It's like, oh my gosh, these guys are. There's there's gonna be a lot of blood lost in this match, and then. Eddie Kingston takes a bag of thumbtacks in the ring, and I'm writing down thumbtacks. Really? And then I was like, oh. I really thought this was a shitty match at the beginning, and I wanted to throw my notebook across the room because I really didn't like this match at first. And then Kingston pours out all the all the uh, thumbtacks and then does some kind of a belly to belly suplex uh, to Moxley and then he Moxley lands on the thumbtacks and he, there's a whole bunch of them across his back and then and then the, uh, Kingston grabs a bottle of alcohol. I'm like, oh my gosh, is he gonna pour alcohol on his wounds? That was gonna really hurt. And then uh, Kingston is stomping on uh, Moxley's um, balls, and I was like, Okay, well, there goes Moxley's freaking children. No ch kids for him. And then uh, Kingston grabs the bottle of alcohol and pours it all over his back. And looks, oh my gosh, he's selling like crazy. He's not even selling because it's so real and they're really hurting each other badly. It's like, oh my gosh. And then at the end, Moxley raps, does the same thing that Eddie Kingston did, wraps a barbed wire around his forearm and gives Kingston a, a bulldog choke with the barbed wire. And then Kingston, uh, he didn't yell, I quit. Did I mention this is an I quit match? Uh, uh, it's like, and then Mark. I, King, I 
I don't really remember him saying I quit and I didn't if he did I didn't hear him it's like my gosh these people are crazy deranged lunatic freaks they're gonna kill each other and then Moxley retains and uh, that was that and Kenny Omega comes out and I guess he's the opponent at Revolution next year in February March and that was uh, AEW full gear pay-per-view what did you think of that last match well um it sounds a bit um what's the word um convoluted yes it was really wrong there was a lot of blood lost in that match it was all over the place and it was crazy i, I wanted yeah. to say i liked it but at the same time i didn't because they they were gonna kill themselves because they're really taking a big risk with this well i would just like to point out that the look in an i quit match right you was really supposed to do anything that it takes in in order to get the win and it sounds to me like they went all out in order to get each other to say the words i quit so in theory like they did do justice to what the i quit match is really all about but in terms of but in terms of uh violence and and, and uh, all of that they might have took it too far but i don't know because i haven't actually seen it 100 percent myself so maybe you should go and look at it just to see what it was like yeah and also like i, I just want to rewind this a bit um the the uh oh what's, what's it called the uh cinematic match with maha Oh, yeah, and I didn't Sammy ask you what you thought of that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I don't like cinematic matches because they don't because they're everything that that actual wrestling is. Because they're not professional; they are silly comedic uh, segments that that are being called matches. Like, I don't know, man. It it sounds like something that I wouldn't really want to watch, personally. I don't think you should. And, uh... Who won the Kushiko and MJF match again? Uh, MJF won, and he's now in the inner circle. Not okay. Okay, um, I think he's now going to uh, slowly, in the next few weeks, he's going to uh, try and, and take over the group to be the sole owner of it. And Chris Jericho, at some point, is going to be removed from the group. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, because really, because realistically, if you're going to have MDF join the group, then at some point you're going to have him be the new leader. Otherwise, why have him be in the group at all? Um, if you get what I'm saying here. Yeah. yeah um, 
that's pay-per-view what are your final thoughts mine are this was uh, now that I'm looking back at it it was a good pay-per-view it wasn't the best pro wrestling pay-per-view I think this was the best AEW pay-per-view of the year uh, yeah, the wrestling aspect in ring wasn't as good as I I think it should be that the NXT takeovers have more accomplished that well for me uh, the storylines haven't been that good but the wrestling the in-ring was great as which is why I really enjoyed those because the wrestling was so good but uh, this pay-per-view I think it was the best pay-per-view uh, of the entire calendar year and we'll mm-hmm. we'll see how good if revolution can top that okay um to me it's very disappointing to hear that some of these matches weren't on par with how good they could have been because to me, like when I'm watching a wrestling show, the most important aspect about it is the actual in-ring wrestling. Because to me, in-ring, in-ring wrestling is what matters most about a wrestling show. You can have the interview segments, you can have the uh, promo segments, right? you can have these other uh, segments happening on the show, right? you can have all this and all that. But at the end of the day, what matters most on a wrestling show is the actual wrestling happening in the ring. And if the wrestling in the ring isn't on par with how good it should be, then that is very, very disappointing. And it makes me upset. And and I'm saying this out of passion. Because I'm a very passionate, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, wrestling fan. And if something isn't done right, then that just disappoints me greatly. Mm. Other than that, this was an okay pay-per-view. This was the best pay-per-view that I've seen of AEW all year. Uh, well, 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 I can't personally rate it because I haven't seen it. But based on the descriptions you've gave me, there are there are a few matches which I don't really have interest in seeing now, and uh, that is so quite disappointing because if if you're putting on a, on a pay per view, the goal should be to get the one watching to actually want to watch and be interested in every single match happening on the entire show. And to me, there are a few matches here in which I'll be happy enough to skip. And I don't like saying that. Anyway, that's your full gear AEW review. This was an okay show, the best AEW pay-per-view of the year. And we will see you in our next episode when it fully debuts.
in December, maybe around the weekend of the 5th, the Saturday the 6th, and we'll see you all then.